coffee in the big game. Dust off your Walkmans and grab your Rubik's Cube. Don't cross the streams. I got a great idea, you guys. Click shoes. This is Radio Wayne's Wine to Grow On, your 30-minute time machine to the coolest moments in 80s and 90s pop culture, wrapped up in a tasty spiritual hot pocket. Stick around for some great retro fun, and if you're not careful, you might learn something before it's done. And now, here's your host, Wayne Cordova. Welcome, true believers, to another episode of Radio Wayne's One to Grow On. I'm your host, Wayne Cordova, your pilot on this time-traveling tour of the epochs that gave us VCRs, hip-hop, and the World Wide Web. Every episode, we revisit the gems of pop culture that shaped our 80s and 90s experience. And today, we're leaving Eternia and riding a rainbow to Etheria to meet the most powerful woman in the universe, She-Ra from She-Ra, Princess of Power. A spinoff of the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe franchise, She-Ra swapped the muscle-bound hero for a heroine with just as much power and equally righteous cause. The show told the story of Princess Adora, He-Man's long-lost sister, who, upon lifting the Sword of Protection, transforms into She-Ra, the leader of the rebellion against the tyrannical rule of Hordak and her planet, Etheria. Along with her trusted steed, Swiftwind, and a band of brave friends, She-Ra brought a powerful dose of girl power to 80s animation. Whether you remember the thrill of shouting along with Adora as she called upon the power of Grayskull, or just enjoyed a strong, courageous heroine at the heart of an epic adventure, today's episode is all about She-Ra. So, ready your sword, let's ride the wind, and join the rebellion as we enter the world of She-Ra, Princess of Power. And the masters of the universe! I am Adam, Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. I am Adora, He-Man's twin sister and defender of the Crystal Castle. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. This is Spirit, my beloved steed. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said... Fabulous secrets were revealed to me the day I held aloft my sword and said... By the power of Grayskull! For the honor of Grayskull! became the mighty battle cat and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. My whole life has changed because of this sword. I know, and you should give yourself some time to think things over. The Princess of Power toy line, introduced in 1984 by Mattel, emerged as a groundbreaking attempt to diversify their product offerings and capture a young female audience while building upon the success of their Masters of the Universe franchise. This innovative endeavor was not only a significant milestone in the world of action figures, but also a pivotal moment in pop culture history. 
In the early 1980s, Mattel had witnessed remarkable success with Masters of the Universe and its accompanying animated series, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. However, a significant challenge emerged as 70% of their consumers were boys, leaving only 30% as girls. Mattel's ambition was to strike a balance and engage more girls in their toy lines. At the same time, they sought to expand the Barbie franchise, which faced some stiff competition from the popularity of He-Man. Mattel recognized the need for a new kind of Barbie, one that could appeal to girls' desire for action-adventure play while incorporating fashion and beauty elements. To achieve this, they conceived the idea of the Princess of Power toy line. Now, the toy line introduced characters such as She-Ra and Katra, with She-Ra taking the spotlight as the main heroine. She-Ra was designed to be a feminine warrior woman featuring characteristics that combined the appeal of Masters of the Universe and Barbie. Her design included real hair and partially soft goods costumes, reflecting the Barbie-like fashion and beauty elements. She-Ra was initially considered to be named He-Ra, and thankfully, they didn't go with that. She-Ra's storyline, rather, uh, and character traits set her apart from He-Man altogether. While He-Man lived in the more peaceful world of Eternia, She-Ra existed in a dystopian setting on the planet Etheria, which was firmly under control by the villains. This contrast in environments and challenges provided distinct storylines for the two characters. The Princess of Power toy line not only successfully captured the imagination of young girls, but also contributed to expanding the action figure market by offering a unique blend of action adventure and fashion elements. It marked a significant shift in the industry, proving that toys could break traditional gender boundaries. The Princess of Power toy line was born out of Mattel's desire to diversify their product portfolio and appeal to a broader audience, specifically young girls. Through the introduction of She-Ra and other female characters, along with the creation of a captivating animated series, Mattel managed to bridge the gap between action figures and fashion dolls, ultimately leaving an indelible mark on the toy industry and pop culture as a whole. This is Princess Adora, sister of He-Man and her gentle horse. Each sold separately, you can pretend. She's lovely as a flower, but she has a secret power. The magic sword in one stroke, and she's got the strength of a tower. She broke Princess of Doll Princess of Power comes with everything you see here. Swiftwind Horse sold separately. New from Mattel. She-Ra, Princess of Power, is an animated television series produced by Filmation and is set on the planet Etheria. The show was introduced in 1985 as a spin-off of the successful He-Man and the Masters of the Universe series, both of which were part of Mattel's effort to diversify its toy offerings. The series follows the adventures of Adora, who transforms into the mighty She-Ra, princess of power, in her quest to free Etheria from the tyrannical rule of the evil horde. Here's some key characters in the series. You have Adora and She-Ra, the hero of the series. Adora is a force captain in the Horde army, and she discovers that her true identity is Princess Adora of Eternia and her ability to transform into She-Ra. She becomes the leader of the rebellion against the Horde. Melody Britt provided the voice for She-Ra and Adora. You have Hordak, the main antagonist. Hordak is the ruler of the Horde and Adora's former mentor. He seeks to maintain control over Etheria. George Desenzo was his voice. You have Bo, a member of the Rebellion and She-Ra's close ally. He is known for his archery skills and cheerful demeanor. 
You have Glimmer, another member of the Rebellion, and a magical princess with the power to emit light. Then you got Catra. She's a member of the Horde and Adora's childhood friend. She has the ability to transform into various cat-like forms. And then you have Swiftwind, She-Ra's majestic steed, right? And loyal companion. John Irwin happened to voice He-Man and Prince Adam in both series, She-Ra and in He-Man. And the series was created by Larry DeTio and J. Michael Straczynski, with DeTio primarily responsible for the She-Ra series. Lou Scheimer served as executive producer. She-Ra's origin story is unique in that she starts the series as a member of the Horde, initially unaware of her true identity and the oppression that they're causing. Her transformation into She-Ra and her subsequent decision to join the Rebellion adds depth to her character and sets her on a path of redemption and heroism. The Secret of the Sword is the animated movie that serves as the introduction to She-Ra. Adora, initially a force captain in the Horde, discovers a magical sword in the Whispering Woods. And upon lifting the sword and saying, for the honor of Grayskull, she transforms into She-Ra. There's a distinct difference there. He-Man raises the sword by the power of Grayskull, She-Ra for the honor of Grayskull. The movie follows her journey of self-discovery and her decision to join the Rebellion, led by characters like Bo, Glimmer, and Madame Raz. Adora also learns of her twin brother, Prince Adam, He-Man, and the movie effectively connects the two series. The series established a shared universe between He-Man and She-Ra. While He-Man defends the world of Eternia from evil, She-Ra protects Etheria. Both characters have the same origin as twins separated at birth, and they share a connection through their magical swords and the sorceress of Grayskull. He-Man and She-Ra, a Christmas special, is a crossover event that brings together characters from both series for a holiday-themed adventure. In this special, He-Man, She-Ra, and their allies work together to save two Earth children, Miguel and Alicia, who've been transported to Eternia. She-Ra was notably absent from the live-action Masters of the Universe movie in 1987, starring Dolph Lundgren as He-Man. However, there were promises of her inclusion in a potential sequel that never actually came. She-Ra, Princess of Power, was groundbreaking for its time as one of the few examples of a true crossover in the 1980s. Long before shared universes became common concept in storytelling, it not only expanded the lore of the Masters of the Universe, but also featured a strong, empowered female protagonist in an era when such characters were less common in children's animation. The series challenged gender stereotypes, broke new ground in storytelling, and left a lasting legacy in the realm of animated television. In the two worlds of Eternia and Etheria, there is one who commands the power. He-Man! Now, for the first time ever on the motion picture screen, He-Man! and your favorite Masters of the Universe characters in a brand new adventure. Leading the Rebellion into the greatest battle of all time. And introducing She-Ra, Princess of Power, his long-lost sister. He-Man, catch! He-Man and She-Ra, united at last, following their destiny to a distant world. Fighting for freedom in a treacherous land. 
unleashing their power on the most evil forces ever to menace the universe. Together we'll make life miserable for those Eternian fools. Just like the old days. <laughs> the fire. The fury. The fantasy. This is the dawn of the most incredible adventure of all. He-Man and She-Ra in The Secret of the Sword. Okay, now, I've always been a sucker for crossovers, sequels, and shared universes. And when She-Ra was introduced as He-Man's long-lost sister, you can bet that I was hooked from the get-go. It was, it was this twist that was like an inspiration to my young imagination that was always into what's next and what's the side story and what's the background story. You got to understand that The Secret of the Sword, when that movie came out, it was it was released in a way that you didn't know what was going on. This wasn't the internet times when you got spoilers. This wasn't when you would find out a year in advance what a storyline was going to be. No, you know, you got this story and now all of a sudden you're introduced to this new character and major plot twist, she happens to be He-Man's twin sister. The story of The Secret of the Sword, where Adora initially is a member of Hordak's Dark Army and then she goes undergoes this big conversion to join the rebellion that was so compelling for a little kid like me this was this was like star wars level stuff and it's amazing how a cartoon could just teach young minds about redemption and the power of choice because that's what you got you had this you had adora who starts off the whole thing as evil i mean that's i mean imagine that imagine he-man being the bad guy right well, you have Adora in that same position. She's the bad guy at the beginning of this movie. And then all of a sudden, just like Darth Vader, just like all these other redemption stories, she redeems herself and she becomes Shira. So, and here's the thing, honestly, growing up in the 80s, I can honestly say that, you know, there was a distinction between girl shows and boy shows, girl toys and and boy toys, right? So you have these like different lines that were drawn and on TV, in that age, in the 80s, for me as a kid, there was only two, quote, girl shows that I ever, like, that I watched and managed to captivate my imagination and my attention. The first one was She-Ra, Princess of Power. The other one was a show called Gem and the Holograms. But that's a tale for another day. I'll talk about Gem in a future episode. She-Ra was a character who broke through the confines of traditional gender-defined like toys and cartoon series of that era. She was powerful. She was a fearless warrior. She was like like Wonder Woman for He-Man times, right? She was um, honestly as tough and as strong as He-Man himself. And so getting my hands on a She-Ra toy wasn't easy because here you had, you know, the She-Ra toys were in the girls' toy aisle, right? The He-Man toys were obviously in the boy action figure lineup. And it was so confusing because the He-Man toys would have the bad guys from She-Ra. So Hordak um, and, and Grizzlor and like all those guys from the She-Ra series were in the He-Man action figure line. And She-Ra herself, you had to go down to the other aisle and get that. And thankfully, you know, it, it wasn't like I needed convincing to be able to pick up the She-Ra toy, but... She was also different. She kind of stood out because, you know, Tila and Evil Lynn, they didn't have 
like the real hair and come with hairbrushes and like all that kind of stuff. I just wanted to have She-Ra so that she could be there and fight alongside He-Man and that can create more universes. But that's what you got. Like you, you kind of had to figure out, okay, well, where, where is, you know, where, where is She-Ra? Why can't I just get her in with this He-Man line? And why can't I just have all that? And then she came with that giant crown. Remember that? It was like in the show, she had, you know, just a high and tight little crown thing. And then like the toy was this giant majestic. You could kind of just tell that this was designed to be an accessory and not much of anything else. But man, I was determined. And I got, you know, I managed to get her and add her to the He-Man arsenal and it was worth it. And those She-Ra episodes, She-Ra's episodes, they they had more depth and intrigue. It's, I mean, here's the thing. With He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, you had He-Man's realm and it was Eternia. And Eternia was already governed by the forces of good. And the fight was against Skeletor and trying to keep Skeletor from taking over Castle Grayskull. But Eternia itself was a planet that was ruled by a good king and a good queen and their prince son and they had a strong army and they had strong characters protecting it but on etheria for shira this is where shira shined because you had hordak who was the bad guy and he was in control and the rebellion fought to overthrow him this was I honestly could only relate this to like Star Wars in the sense that the bad guys were in charge, but the but the bad guys in She-Ra didn't have money. It was like a dystopian thing. Everybody lived in the woods. Everybody was it was dark and it was, you know, it was sad and and that's where She-Ra brought hope to the people of Ethereum, which is why she couldn't leave. That was the thing too is the fact that she found her long-lost family and she made the choice to stay. She made the choice to stick around in Etheria so that she can bring peace to that place and overthrow Hordak there. The battle between good and evil on Etheria was way more intense and dire. That, that, was, that part of the show was just so interesting and so cool to see. In the grand scheme of my pop culture consciousness, Shira had a place as vast as the universe itself. She was a symbol of empowerment, defying conventions and stereotypes, and in fact, um, I was I was such a fan of Shira that um, I named my beloved Yellow Lab after her. Uh, Shira was a perfect, sweet, and loyal, and in her own way, warrior of a dog who was the protector of my daughter, who was the lover of our family. Um, I lost her a few years ago, and now I carry a, a tattoo of Shira's sort of protection on my arm as a tribute to my my beautiful dog's unwavering spirit. And so Shira will always hold a special place in my heart, not just in pop culture, but also personally for for my family. Shira, the Princess of Power, will always be one of those benchmarks in pop culture that that sets things apart where it's like this is more than just um, an additional character. This is shared universe stuff. Toys, TV, Letting your imagination run wild with how can the story go even further? Teaching me that there's strength and being true to yourself. She-Ra was a, a beacon of, of courage and inspiration in a world of make-believe and definitely deserves her own spot in like the pop culture hall of fame. Let's jump into the Q&A. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. 
Hey, you just had the magic horns, and look what you did. Now look at the magic Toys R Us has for Mattel this Christmas. Princess of Power figures, She-Ra and her friends, and low Toys R Us prices plus a dollar fifty rebate from Mattel when you buy two. And save on Princess of Power's Crystal Falls playset with a waterfall that really works. I love it. And the Princess Wing Crystal Horses with manes you can comb. It's the world's biggest toy store. Let's go. All right, it is time for the Q&A. And uh, first one up is Emily from Texas. Emily says, who was your favorite character in She-Ra, Princess of Power? And why did they resonate with you? My favorite character was She-Ra. Um, and, and even in that, specifically Adora. And I'll tell you why. You know what the difference is? Is that, so in He-Man, Prince Adam was a wimp, right? And it was so weird because he was buff and like he worked out and you could just, it's like, why was... This guy who looks exactly like He-Man was nothing like He-Man. Was wimpy and um, you know always running away and always running scared. Adora was completely different. So like Adora, she was a military captain, right? And so she was smart. She could fight, and she was part of the rebellion just like anybody else. And then uh, you know because she wasn't scared, she had to come up with other unique ways to kind of disappear and change into She-Ra. But yeah, totally, totally my favorite. Uh, David from Washington, how do you feel about the moral lessons at the end of each She-Ra episode? Um, and do you have one that sticks out? Honestly, the the moral lessons at the end of She-Ra were different because they were coupled with um, Lookie, right? Lookie was this thing where you had to go and um, you had to spot Lookie, who was this weird kind of character. You had to spot them throughout the episode. And then at the end of the episode, you you know have to... you. Uh, see if you were right, and then like, did you find me? Did you did you see where I was? And then you can pull him up. And so those were cool. But the idea of having those moral lessons at the end of each episode was brilliant. It was a totally '80s thing, so that they can kind of work around being a half hour commercial. And uh, yeah, big fan of those. All right, here we go. You ready? Crossover alert. We should have like an, an alarm. That's you know, crossover alert. Imagine a crossover episode between Shira and another cartoon. Which show would it be and what would happen? That's from Tim from California asking the crossover episode this time. Um, okay, Tim, so here's the deal. I thought about this. I thought about this long and hard, and I would like to cross She-Ra over with another, uh, with another princess. My daughter's favorite Disney princess is Rapunzel, and the Disney version of Tangled and Rapunzel is that same thing. You have a lost princess who finds her way back to her family, and so I want to see a crossover between She-Ra and Rapunzel, and it's the lost princesses, and you got She-Ra with her sword, and you got Rapunzel with her hair and a frying pan, and how much fun could that possibly be? You got Flynn Rider and Bo, and you have, you know, the uh, Swift Wind and Maximus, the, the horse, the show writes itself. You have Hordak and Mother Gothel, and you know she comes back somehow through Skeletor's magic. Who knows? But give me a She-Ra Rapunzel crossover. I wish if there's any artists out there that want to do a, a rendering of that, let me see that. I want to see that. Um, who would your Oliver from Miami? All right, I'm from Miami. Oliver says, who would your dream cast be for a live action adaption of She-Ra, Princess of Power. Um, oh man, okay, that's a good question. I could only think of who I would cast as She-Ra, and I would as for She-Ra, I would probably um, 
or you can't do Gal Gadot because she's Wonder Woman, but she would probably make a good She-Ra. I would say, um, is Jennifer Lawrence too weird of a She-Ra? She probably too. She's probably too weird. Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. Catherine Heigl, maybe when she was younger, she could be She-Ra. I don't know. Who's like a strong blonde actress? I don't know. Somebody like that. Zap from American Gladiators. She could be She-Ra. <laughs> um, and then, um, okay, Sarah from Oregon. Do you remember the first She-Ra toy that you ever had? And what was that experience like? I, it was She-Ra. She-Ra, the actual action figure. And I, I just remember having to hunt her down and like finally understand that She-Ra toys were not in the He-Man aisle and having to go over to the girl toy, girl toy aisle. And usually they were even like by the Barbies because it was all everything that had like a hairbrush and other accessories. So, you know, go for that. Um, and then... Um, Last question, Angela from Minnesota. Do you have any Shira merchandise, uh, like lunch boxes or pajamas and all that? No, I had no other Shira merchandise. There was nothing else of Shira's except for my dog. My dog's name was Shira, and I had a magnet. I have a magnet still on my fridge uh, that says Shira on it, and, and that's it. So I wish I did. They, did they even make Shira lunch boxes? They had to have, right? I didn't have. I had a He-Man lunch box, so that was me. But awesome. Great Q&As. And now, guys, it is time for one to grow on. Hordak and the evil horde are out to get He-Man and Skeletor. Hordak, Hordak. Skeletor, Skeletor. Who can defeat gruesome Grizzlor and the sucking leech? Grizzlor, Grizzlor. Leech, leech. Hordak and the evil horde. Now, Shira was always on a quest for justice, surrounded by incredible friends and facing formidable foes. But amidst these animated adventures, there was a small, almost hidden challenge that we as viewers faced. Spotting Lukey. For those not familiar, Lukey was a chipmunk-esque creature from Etheria always lurking in the background, observing She-Ra and her companions without ever being seen. But at the end of each episode, he'd pop out to ask, did you see me? And many times, I'll admit, I didn't see him. But the times I did, felt like a very small win for me. But much like our daily lives, people come and go, sometimes in the backdrop, just like Lukey. And if we aren't actively seeking, looking, and paying attention, we might miss out on key moments and important connections. If you're always in a rush, or always on your phone, you're bound to miss the lookies of your life. Shira once said, with love and friendship on our side, we can't lose. But how can we harness the power of love and friendship if we don't spot it first? If we don't invest time to truly see the people around us, to listen, to engage? Spotting lookie was more than just a game. It was a lesson. It taught us to look beyond the obvious, to seek, and you will find. The poet Mary Oliver once wrote, Pay attention. Be astonished. Tell about it. There's wonder all around us in the smallest gestures, the subtlest signs, and yes, even in the background characters of our favorite shows. So today, I encourage you to channel your inner Shira and be vigilant. Look for those hidden moments, those unspoken words, and the people who might just be waiting to be found. Remember, it's in the details, the nuances, that the richness of life often lies. Seek and you will indeed find. Now, on to the adventure of looking closer and forging deeper connections. And that's one to grow on. Hi, it's Lucky again. Did you find where I was hiding today? 
Sarah was saddened because Hordak didn't have a real friend. Maybe you know someone who doesn't seem to have any friends. If you do, try to be a friend to them. If it works out, you might be as happy about it as they will be. Bye now and see you next time. Well, true believers, it's time to wave our swords and bid adieu to another nostalgia-fueled episode of Radio Wayne's One to Grow On. Man, it has been fun diving headfirst into the world of 80s toys and the enchanting She-Ra Princess of Power cartoon has been a magical journey that would make Eternia and Etheria proud. But fear not, because this adventure isn't over. If you've been riding the nostalgia wave with us, let's take it up a notch. Subscribe to the podcast on all platforms and leave your mark with a review. It's like leaving a sparkly trail through the whispering woods for others to follow. Now, picture this. For a mere $5 a month, you could become an honorary member of the Crystal Castle by joining our Patreon. Bonus content, exclusive posts, and the mythical The More You Know audio segment are waiting for you to discover. You ready to join us? You can reach out through voicemail at 727-37-WAYNE, 727-373-2963. Got some longer stories? Channel your inner swift wind and send us an email at radiowayne at gmail.com. For a daily dose of nostalgia, follow us on Instagram at one to grow on podcast. A mighty shout out to the artist extraordinaire Greg Goslin for weaving his magic onto our podcast logo and artwork. Give him a follow at Greg Goslin and let his creativity ignite your inner Shira. And of course, we can't forget our editing wizard, Stephen Orr. You can catch his superhero talents on the Just Another Fanboy podcast or the Superman Superfeed. And last but not least, remember, One to Grow On is a Radio Wayne media production. So until the next cosmic convergence of pop culture, keep your tiaras gleaming, your nostalgia sensors tingling, and in the words of Swiftwind, my friends, be kind, rewind. Woo!